0: Thanks, Scott. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Nope, I'm good. Well, what an honor. What an honor to be introduced by our president. Wow. Hey, gang, this is going to be a year of history. I am so very, very excited about it. I hope that you had a great summer, but I hope more that you have a great year ahead. And we're all going to have a great year ahead because I believe that history is in the making. I think that Uh, probably on all of our minds, the biggest historical event is taking place with our new president, his inaugural year, his wife Karen. We just love them. What about Wednesday's message? I think you need to give it up again. The leadership that President Hagen has already established is uh, already beginning to impact all of our lives. But we know that the kingdom is is built upon not the shoulders of just single individuals, but the kingdom is built on the body of Christ, on all of us. And so, as we think about the heroic things or the historic things that are happening and the significant things through our president, who are the other key players in making this year historic? And the key players are you as students. Now, we as faculty, administration, employees, we all play a part as well, but it's you students that are the key players in what will become an historic year here at North Central University. I've spoken along these lines for these last three years since I've been here at North Central, speaking about the, uh, the faith, the, the potential, the, the awareness of what God can do through you if He has you completely. That if God has you completely, through you, God is going to do historic things. I believe that with all of my heart. Now, this year is not only going to be historic, but it's also special. Because uh, for me, it's my senior year. This is my fourth year. How many seniors out there? Raise your hands. I want to see you seniors. Okay. Okay. Connect with me. We were freshmen together. All right. We were sophomores together. Uh, we were juniors last year together. This year, we're seniors. Now, unfortunately, the comparison doesn't continue because I don't plan to graduate with you in May. I'm going to do a few more, hopefully a lot more super senior uh, uh, years here at North Central. But you're going to graduate. And it's also a special year because someone very special to me is going to walk with you. I wish she was here this morning. But my wife, Vicki, is finishing her uh, education, she's going to walk and get her degree in May. Amen. Now, in light of all the incredible things that are going to happen here at North Central, here's what every single one of you, especially as students, but it applies to all of us. Here's what you need to know. You are here by divine design. You are here because God has sent you here. I'm privileged. I have met 10 new students specifically as advisees. And on Monday, I sat in my office and I heard 10 stories of students, brand new, first year here to North Central, as they told me their story of how God came into their life, how God called them and and established this sense of direction in their life, and how God began to orchestrate how they came to North Central University. And the stories are amazing. If I had the permission to tell you some of these stories, you, you would cry. Someone, it would cause you to laugh. All of the stories would cause you to say, wow, God, you are so specific in the minutest of details of arranging our lives in such a way that all of us find us here this year at North Central University because it's by divine design. God has us in His hands. I love the thematic ways in which the Scripture describes the the strength of God's hands, that when we truly understand that He has orchestrated our life and that we are in His hands, it's a powerful truth. Joshua 9, 25 says, we are now in your hands. Job 10, verse 8, your hands have shaped me and made me. Psalm 63, 8, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 31, 15, my times, my entire life are in your hands. The point is, gang, God has you. You're in his hands and you are right where you're supposed to be by God's divine design. You see, your entire life has been in God's hands, but not just your entire physical life, not just the span of all of your years from your birth date until you pass away, but God has had you in His hands even when you were conceived in your mother's womb. And even before you were in your mother's womb, God was orchestrating your life. And part of that orchestration was that God would put you right here at North Central University. I want you to listen to the beautiful way in which the Holy Spirit inspired Jeremiah to describe how this played out in his life. Jeremiah 1, verse 5, God speaking to Jeremiah, and it says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And why did I set you apart? Because I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was literally called by God to be a speaking prophet to the nations many, 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 many many years ago. But what God was saying to him, God is saying to you. That you are divinely planned, that you are divinely created, that all of you, all of us have been divinely called, and all of you as students are here at North Central to be divinely prepared. You are here by divine design, that long before even you were conceived, God was divinely arranging That you'd be here this year, that you would start your college education here, knowing that in four years you're going to graduate, that you were supposed to be here four years ago and you started, or three years ago and you started, or last year you just started. God's designed you to be here. Why is that? Because each of you have been set apart by God to do something for God. And that something which, which God has arranged for you, has appointed for you, whatever your major is, whatever the vision is in which you are seeking to fulfill here at North Central, we would call that calling, that profession, that career, we would call that a ministry. A ministry, something that you desire to do, you feel called to do, you feel equipped to do, you have a vision to do, but you want to do it for Jesus, and that's called ministry. That's how we talk around here, that whether you are going to be a pastor or a missionary or an entrepreneur or a coach or a computer analysis, and we can go on the list, we can say it this way, whether you're going to be a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, if you want to do that for Jesus, that's going to be your divine ministry to the kingdom of God. And God wants you to do it as though you are a prophet to the nations, that God is going to uniquely anoint you to do what He's called you to do impact this world now this is very inspiring you might be saying Doug are are you telling me that that if I become an entrepreneur or I become a coach or I become a, a, a a school teacher or I become a journalist or I become a singer or a songwriter that that I can trust that God would enable me to do something so creative that maybe no one in the world has ever done it that way before that's exactly what we're saying That's exactly what we're saying, that God is going to put you in a place where you will fulfill something in the kingdom of God that will be unique, like your fingerprint is unique. But it'll become real as you realize that you have been sent here by divine design. Now, God has downloaded into all of our lives wonderful gifts and blessings, He's downloaded his grace. He's downloaded his love. He's downloaded into each of you a, a spiritual gift mix. He's put inside each and every one of you natural talents so that those things given to you by grace can be developed so that those divine qualities that you have received from Him can be nurtured and can be strengthened and can be matured, so that everything that God has given to you kind of in raw material, you didn't ask for it, was given to you for free, by grace, that you would do everything in your power to see those things develop to their fullest potential. And I hope you're tracking with me because you know exactly where this is leading to. Our salvation through grace is free and all the gifts that God gives to us is by grace and they're free. But the expression to their fullest potential comes through hard work. It comes through discipline. It comes through discipline. It comes through diligence. And you and I have a lot of work ahead of us. Not just you as students, but all of us, regardless of our age. We still have much work to do in developing these gifts that God has given to us. When I am a professor in class, I focus on the academic work that is necessary to fulfill the potential that God's put inside of us. If I were a coach or an athletic trainer, I would be in the weight room and I would be focusing on physical strength in order to perform at a higher level. My primary responsibility here at North Central is spiritual, and so I want to address the role of spiritual development, spiritual strength training that's crucial for our vocational work, if it is our dream to do what God's called us to do for the kingdom of God. So here's what spiritual strength will provide for us. Number one, spiritual strength will provide confidence when you feel unqualified, Now let's look at it from the text in Jeremiah. We've already read together, God saying to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I've appointed you. We've read that. I want you to see Jeremiah's response. And this is his response in verse 6. Oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. It's as though God is saying to Jeremiah, and he would say it to us in this day and to you as students, even you as freshmen. He would say, listen, don't ever use the I'm too young excuse for not doing something awesome for the kingdom of God. Never say that. I like what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy. Paul, the older pastor, speaking to the young pastor, fresh in ministry, and he says to him in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let them, older people, look down upon you because you're young. It's an interesting phrase. It's an interesting way that, that, that we look at that. It would be like Timothy saying to Paul in response, like, Paul, how do I do that? How do I control people and force them to not look down upon me because I'm young or I'm inexperienced or I don't have what it takes how do I do that I can't I can't force them to esteem me and Paul responds he says listen to me you may not have the experience you can't control that you may not have all the talent you can't control that but here's what you can control you can control your character You can control what lies within you, your spiritual maturity and your character. And so Paul replies and says to Timothy, I don't want you to let them look down on you, and here's how you do it. You set the example in love and in truth and in purity and in speech. You set the example. You see, you can set the example regardless of how old you are in terms of character in terms of spiritual maturity, in terms of being committed to the things that are of the Lord. All of us can do that. That doesn't take an age. It doesn't take all the experience. So you can do that. So spiritual strength will give you confidence when you feel unqualified. And gang, you will, you will feel unqualified many, many times throughout your life. But just know that there's an answer. Jeremiah gives it to us. There's a second thing that we get from spiritual strength. By strengthening our spiritual life, and that is this, we get courage when we feel alone. Look at verse 8. Jeremiah is hearing the words of God, and God says, And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is where spiritual strength in our lives separates the veterans from the rookies the maturing of the presence of God if you've been around here long enough you know that we often talk about North Central being a place where we understand that we are to be people of the presence people of the presence of God this chasing after the presence of God not that he not that he is is elusive from us but that we chase after because we're hungry for the presence of God and not just in the enthusiastic worship like we love in chapel or in our churches that's wonderful and good but the The chasing after God's Spirit is not necessarily exclusively for the feeling it would provide, but for the empowerment it will provide when the music isn't playing and when we're not in church and we're in the middle of the lion's den or in the fiery furnace. It's the nurturing of our spiritual life where God brings His presence when we find ourselves afraid. I was speaking to a young leader recently who herself was in a situation among her peers and her superiors and was called upon to say something bold and risky to tell the truth when in fact the truth might offend or hurt or be misunderstood and her default was I'm not going st- to I'm not going to put my neck on the line but it was as though the Holy Spirit rose up within her and told her stand up speak out with grace but with truth and with an With an unusual sense of calm, God helped her to speak what needed to be spoken. It's a beautiful example of God showing up. The dividend that is ours when we invest sincerely into our spiritual life. And at North Central, you know that there are so many opportunities to engage in spiritual life activities, chapel every day, and and, and other opportunities, and you're going to church on Sunday, and you're involved in Wednesday, and PG on Wednesday nights, and a multitude of things that give you opportunity to strengthen your life. But here's the warning, here's the warning. It comes to us in a subtle whisper in our ears, similar to when the devil whispered in Eve's ear, when he whispered, did God really say, don't eat from that tree? Come on, you got to be kidding me. God wouldn't kill you. Go ahead. She listened, and she ate. She told her husband, Adam, and he listened, and he ate. The point is this, the voice of spiritual compromise is always subtle, But when you are deep in some difficult situation and you need God to show up, I'm glad that you are going to exercise your brain and you're going to get intelligent as a result of your academic pursuits here, and that's good. And sometimes your physical strength might be an answer to a situation. Money sometimes uh, gets us out of a jam. But when you flat out need God, He is going to step onto the stage of your desperate situation if you've built the stage on the Spirit. God's Spirit and your Spirit. Every time you open your Bible to read it, it counts. It counts. That Word is eternal. It counts. Every time you push aside some good activity for some better activity like praying in your prayer closet. That counts. Every time you walk into this room or the Anderson Chapel for Render, it counts. Something is happening in the strengthening of your inner person, and that strength is going to come out in those times of desperation, and you're going to say, God, thank you for showing up. Let me talk quickly about chapel. I'll give you a couple of highlights. Obviously, you've already heard Uh, president hagan is going to be here on fridays and when he's traveling sister karen uh uh, sister h uh, is going to be up here mrs h i got to get it straight and don't you love that idea welcome karen so fridays are going to be awesome and as usual, we are going to extend Friday Chapel into an hour of prayer and fasting, as has been our tradition. And it's more than a tradition, and it's more than a ritual. It's the lifeblood of this, this school, our constant pursuit. So it's optional for you, but I want to challenge you to rise up to know that every Friday you can fast your lunch and for the sake of deepening that spiritual person inside of you, be a part of that. And we typically have had communion. Here's what we're gonna do with communion this year. Rather than serving communion in Friday chapel, extended prayer and fasting, we are instead going to have three monthly communion chapels. Where is my buddy, Dr. Vinny Zarletti? Where are you, Vinny? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Dr. Vinny, doesn't that sound cool? It's awesome. But Vinny is, <clears throat> <Vinny> is <clears throat> going to lead those monthly chapels, and it's going to be awesome. Our first one is on Tuesday, next Tuesday. And what we're going to experience is we're going to experience a variety of different ways Christians through the ages have celebrated the, the Lord's Supper. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect some of the music we do. It's going to affect some of the form, service format, liturgy. And we're going we're gonna to experience this in a very, very powerful way. So I'm really teeing you up, Vinny. Better be good on Tuesday. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> How about Render? You guys love Render? <laughs> Woo! I'm very happy to announce that Render, where's Jonathan Thomas, by the way, our student director. Jonathan, way to go, brother. <clears throat> He's going to kill it. All right. This year in Render, Render is going to be on Mondays. All right. The rule will be that Mondays will be rendered. Now, there'll be some exceptions. Sometimes the schedule gets shifted because of certain things. But starting October 2nd, we're going to start render chapels. And here's what's going to happen. Three of those chapels this semester are going to be over in the Anderson Chapel, just as always. And when that render chapel is happening, we're going to have a chapel here. And I'm going to do a teaching through Psalm 23. Okay, So we're going to be kind of going back and forth. You'll have a choice. But there are going to be five render chapels that are going to happen right here in this house, this sanctuary. Yes? <clears throat> We're doing this. We're doing this because render. Spills over in the Anderson Chapel, and we want to we want to give more opportunity for what's happening through student leadership. And so, we want you to have this whole house on Mondays when chapel is in here. Now, faculty, you've been told you have a day off to uh, have your devotions or to meet or to do some study. This this house will be for the students uh, for Render Chapel on those days. All right, the team is coming, which signals that my time is almost up. But I've got to deal with chapel attendance. All right, here we go. Chapel is from 11 to 11.50. Okay? It is a 50-minute experience. Everybody say 50. 50 50-minute experience. We start at 11 o'clock. We don't start at 11.05, we don't start at 11.10, we start at 11. When, the, when it hits 11, I've always told our music teams, hit it, man, let's get it going. I'm not so much concerned about that except for those of you who, who are scanning in or trying to scan in like, get here at 11. Here's what I'm more concerned about. Some of you might feel as though your departure from chapel before 11.50 is an okay thing. It's not, okay? Now, if you have an emergency you have something that's going on and you have to leave a little bit early, please sit in the back, all right? <clears throat> when we have guests here, I tell them specifically, at 11.50, the students are free to go. They're free to go. But here's what I want to ask you. What are you going to do if a guest is speaking up here and it's 11.50, but they're not, they haven't landed the plane yet? Are you going to just get up and leave? I hope not. This is a world-class university. You're going to get a world-class education. There's a world-class programming and all that we do. I want us to be a world-class, classy university. It's called courtesy and manners and just being aware of your surrounding. So unless you have a lunch appointment with a senator or a millionaire or a bishop or your mother-in-law, please stay until we dismiss. Please know that if it's 11.50 and the speaker's still going, I'm on the front row and I'm feeling it. I'm I'm feeling your pain. Please hold tight, all right? Please hold tight. Last thing on this chapel attendance. We've got the Ten Commandments in the Bible. You know that. The 11th commandment at North Central University is there shall not be any slide and glide, slash and dash, tap and nap, creep and sleep, and whatever else you want to call it. All right. It's 11.50. I know it. I'm going to take my liberty because you're going to like this. I have some good news on chapel policy. We've made one slight change. All of you have X number of allotted chapel skips. All right? You know what they are we have decided and determined that skipping chapel on a given day is not a moral issue, it's not an ethical issue. There are going to be some days when you're going to have to skip chapel and it's a good choice because you're sick or you've got a final or a paper or or a personal item, okay? So there's no judgment if you you skip chapel, all right? And even if you over-skip chapel, okay, it's not going to result in a... um, Um, I forget what, it's not going to, like you've become a criminal, okay? There's no probationary status, okay? It's not ethical issues. There'll be a financial repercussion as always, but you're not going to be put on probationary status, okay? Please manage your skips like insurance. Use it when you need it, okay? Now, on the other hand, if there is some slashing and dashing, okay? That's an ethical issue. That's a moral issue, that's, that's fraud, okay? That's saying by checking in and then leaving or not coming to chapel, it's a misrepresentation of the truth, okay? So that will earn you a flogging with, gluten, with gluten-free noodles. <laughs> uh, if you've eaten gluten-free noodles, it tastes like rope, okay? So <laughs> it won't be pretty. But if, you're, if there's an audit and you are one of those that are doing this, you're going to earn a meeting with our dean of students and me, and we're going to have a fun little conversation. So let's not do that. I know you don't want to do that. I'm going to get to the last point, point. I'll do this real quick. Spiritual strength provides confidence, courage. It'll provide, thirdly, capacity when you've got nothing to offer. Jeremiah 1.9, the Lord reached out, touched my mouth, and said, Look, because you've got nothing to offer, I know that, I'll put my words in you. So when you find yourself year out from graduation or five years or ten years, or like me, 30-some years, and I came to North Central, and there were some things about this position that I just had no idea how to do. I had to trust that God would put the words in my mouth to do what I need to do, and He'll do that for you. He'll do that for you. The investment of your spiritual life is key, is critical. One more thing that you have an opportunity to do. 33 years ago I was a student at North Central University. I transferred from one of our other AG schools, came here. Vicky and I had just gotten married and we moved to Minneapolis and moved into our apartment at 923 Chicago Avenue. How many live in that building? Okay, one of the Orfields. I had a professor my, my first year here who, who's, whose example and challenge I believe created a Genesis moment that has, that has served me well for 33 years of being a pastor and now being here at North Central when he challenged us to not just be a person who prays, but to be a person of prayer. So I knew that I needed to step up my prayer life, but I needed to find a secret place, and I found my secret place in the basement of 923 Chicago Avenue. If you've been there, it's a little strip of concrete in between the apartment locker storage rooms. And I just made that my place of prayer for an hour, morning after morning after morning. And it was there that God, I believe, really poured foundation into my life. So here's what I want to do. This year, for any of you as students, you would like to to deepen or lengthen out your prayer life. You've never prayed an hour before because you just don't know how to pray that long. Monday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the Anderson Chapel, I'll be there and I'll be there alone, I'll be there with one student, I'll be there with a thousand students. It's not going to be so much a group praying, it's going to be you individually getting out of your residence hall, coming from where you live and coming to a place where you can grow in your spiritual praying and seeking after God. I believe it'll shape you and mold you and I believe it'll set you up for a historic life. Now, history will be in the making this year. Don't just watch it. Pursue God like never before. And I guarantee you will watch God make history through your life. It'll happen. Stand with me. As the musicians are playing, we don't have time to sing a song, but we are now entering into our time of prayer and fasting. So if you have to leave, no judgment, no no judgment at all. But if you would like to pray, we've got faculty that would love to pray for you, and they'll be up here. We're not serving communion, but we are ready to pray for you. This is a time for you to pray with groups uh, your, your dorm floors, boys, uh, guys and girls uh, teams together, whatever, but let's do that, all right? Lord, bless us as we seek you in the next hour. Thank you for the deep well that you are digging in our life. We respond to the spade and shovel that you, Holy Spirit, are doing to dig deep inside of us as we call on you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's pray and let's seek God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.